Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The go through some emails, check your calendar, see that you have a 45 minute break in the day between meetings, realize this is your moment. So you drive right to McDonald's to pick up something extra delicious ASAP meal. Thank you. There's a meal for every moment at McDonald's. Buy one of your select faves and get another for just a dollar every morning, like a sausage McMuffin or hash browns. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Valid for product of equal or lesser value. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Cowboy meal valid when product served. Welcome to episode number 64 of the LSR podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by the brightest minds in all of the gaming industry with me, Dustin Galker with me, Adam Candy. You can find them on the Twitter machine at Dustin Galker at Adam Candy, two E's, no Y. Don't know why you would want to follow me, but it is at Matt Brown M2 at LSP report for the main site over there on the Twitter machine. We are going to talk about a palp. I know, guys, we're going to talk about a palp. Unfortunately, we're going to have to bring that up. We're going to talk about what's going on over in Illinois. We're also going to give you some uh, Flutter shakeup, different things going on over at Flutter and Foxbet and things like that with draft, with uh, with FanDuel and Foxbet. So we will uh, keep you informed with all that as well. Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google. But let's kick things off here. Adam, this is something we have talked about a couple of different times now, which is quite unfortunate. We have yet another situation where we are dealing with a sportsbook error here that is obviously a sportsbook error. Sports bettors look to find edges against sportsbooks, so they found this error, and here we go. They do not want to pay out. Don't you think the word palp ultimately makes this sound so much nicer than what it really is? (laughs) which is bad line, no payment, because uh, that's kind of where we are right here. Uh, FanDuel Sportsbook, again, is going through this. Uh, if you remember their situation with the Denver Broncos uh, a couple of years back, made headlines throughout the nation. Now what we're talking about is a number of soccer bets over a period of a few days where a bad line was exploited. And how do you know it was a bad line? Because it's rare that you see a five-goal line listed in soccer. Uh, This story was first reported by ESPN's David Purdom. I want to give him the credit um, for having that out first. But, you know, ultimately, this is being investigated by both the New Jersey uh, Division of Gaming Enforcement. It's being investigated in Indiana as well, although Indiana law did allow FanDuel to void out those bets and repay the wagers. Part of what's at stake here and part of the credibility of the U.S. market is on the line with what happens with these bets, because in part, the question is, why has FanDuel not handed back at least the original bet to this point? Uh, One of the bettors said that his $10,000 is essentially being held in escrow uh, at the moment. He hasn't been able to get that money back. So if the argument for the legal regulated market is that your money is safe, Well, right now, if I have $10,000 that is under investigation, I don't feel like my money is very safe if I can't access it. So still under investigation in New Jersey, waiting to see what happens. Uh, The word that we have is that 
you know, FanDuel, if they end up having to pay it out, they're they're prepared to pay it out. But they kind of want to see where the precedent goes here with the regulators. So, Dustin, this is something we have talked about a couple of different times. This is not the first time that this has happened. This isn't the first time it's happened with FanDuel, actually, whenever we look at these, you know, errors within the sports book and whatnot. I mean, I guess the question becomes, and, and I think it's a fair question. There are going to be a lot of people out there who are saying, well, I mean, what the hell? How are these sports books getting a free roll in stuff like this where had this guy lost this bet? It probably just would have been processed like normal and nothing would have come of it. However, when they lose the bet, they come in and they say, yeah, you know what? We're not going to uh, pay out this bet. So it's a free roll for the sports book. I mean, us as advocates of legalized sports betting here in the United States, it's a pretty tough thing for us to defend when it's kind of giving the sports book a free roll on some of these bets. Absolutely. But well, first, let's say if you were betting a, an MLS game at plus five goals and you lost, that's a that's a pretty bad beat. We, neither, none of us are huge <laughs> soccer experts, but I think we can identify a plus five, a goal, a five goal spread as, as pretty favorable to the better. So uh, obviously the, that those bets came in. Yeah, I mean, here's the, 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 big, the big problem is on the palps is this is how it's gone on in UK, especially uh, for a while that it, it gives some dispensation as a bookmaker because you're putting up all these lines and you, you, if you, sometimes mistakes are going to happen. That's, that's understandable. But this one, like well, at least one of these wagers, again, from our friend David Purdom uh, said uh, somebody placed a physical bet at the Meadowlands. The teller got supervisor approval for the bet. And the bet still goes out. Like, and, and as you guys know, in Nevada and Vegas there, you, when that happens, bets go out as written. So it, it's, hard, it's hard to look at this and be sympathetic to the books or, and Fandle here because they clearly messed up. They're not being held accountable for that action. And, and for me, again, uh, with Adam, with where we say we're, 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 trying, we're trying to build a, a good U.S. regulated sports betting market. Having mistakes like this and having people – look at this and not trust uh, a, a sports book like FanDuel when they make an error like this and not getting paid out and then have, yeah, not having even their original bet back. That's the kind of thing that doesn't engender a lot of people to be thinking this is better than the offshore market. So that's where I come from. I think we should, we need to always be thinking of the larger picture of uh, we're, this still growing thing is still a new thing. Customers need to feel like they're getting the correct deal. And this is, that's obviously not what's happening when we see a palp, even though they're, you know, in the grand scheme of things, there have not been that many examples of this in the U S yet. So uh, Adam, I guess the question herein lies, you know, what do we do about this? I mean, because if the sports books are able to walk away scot-free, right. And if they are not held accountable for stuff like this, what is the incentive for them to try to be better? What's the incentive for them to try to not make things like this happen it feels like to me there needs to be some sort of penalty where they have whether they have to pay out whatever 30 percent of the bet or 50 percent of the bet or whatever it might be some sort of something that is a deterrent so that these things like quit happening right because if you know at the end of the day that you're not going to face really any repercussions for these things then why would they try to be better that's the nail on the head here matt and i think the indiana situation is going to be the one to watch when it comes to that because the rules are set up in Indiana for the book to be able to void a bet in the case of an obvious error and refund that money. Now, what the folks at the Indiana Gaming Commission said was, yes, they're allowed to do that. And they did do that in Indiana. But they said there's going to be a further review and there could be potential discipline against FanDuel Sportsbook. And I think that's what needs to be made very clear 
to everyone involved in this, right? They, everyone needs to know what the consequence is. If you're going to allow the bets to be voided, okay, then that's what's on the table. I, I'm not the regulator and I can't change that rule. Um, it doesn't do much to engender confidence in the legal market, but what you can do to engender confidence is to say, even though this is the rule, this this book is still subject to potential discipline above and beyond whatever happened. So, you know, ultimately what happened with the FanDuel situation? You know, they tried to hold off. Uh, I should say with the FanDuel Broncos situation, they tried to hold off. They ultimately paid it out. They ultimately put another $80,000 of free roll into it to try to win some goodwill back. What Dustin said is, is exactly the point. In a vacuum, you can try to litigate these things and say who's right and what's right. That's not where we are right now. This is year number three of the legal regulated market. It needs to tilt toward the betters and gaining confidence for them in this market. Yeah, I'm with you guys uh, on this. I mean, it is a, a, a situation where, you know, I I do bet a lot. You know, I, I am a sports better and I look at this and I've anyone that's listening to this podcast knows that I look at things from the book side of, of it as well. I understand that they're a business. I understand they're trying to make money. I'm not the guy who's saying they owe me anything. I'm not that guy. There are a lot of those voices in the industry. I'm not one of them. However, stuff like this and the fact that it continues to happen is really frustrating for where we're sitting, where we're trying to do what we're advocating for. And if there isn't some sort of penalty, I guess I just look at this and I, I shrug because I say, hey, look, if they know they're going to be able to get away with this time and time again, at what point do they decide, ah, you know, we really should try to make sure that this stuff doesn't go on. Instead, you just you're able to walk. I I don't know. Dustin, should they give the guys should they pay the guys damn bet or what? I mean, like, what, what, what do we think? I mean, when, when this happened back in 2018, I was very I, I felt very adamant about it. I guess I've probably gone a little bit like okay mistakes happen but there has mm. you don't have to pay maybe every bet back but with adam where you have to have consequences for actions there can't be just you can't make i i, I don't think throwing your hands up well we made a mistake what can you do we're, we're a sports book yeah there has there has to be again we have to be better right now in the u.s market as everything's going on so yeah i, I mean i think they should i mean these are not massive bets uh, you know i think vandal's probably worried as it expands about the ramifications of always paying these out. If there's God forbid some huge pout that happens on a, on a, on a really big betting market, then you're talking, you know, real money at some point. That's, I guess that's the concern when you think about it, but at least from a regulatory standpoint, there has to be you know, at least some sort of penalty, you know, even if it's a hand slap, but you can't just say every time, well, well, what can we do? We made a mistake. That shouldn't happen. If there's an algorithm involved, if it's a live betting type thing, uh, like, you know, I ha maybe have a little bit more sympathy or something like that. But when it's like an over the counter and things are with getting approved, Adam, with a yeah, I know it's like involved. it's like it's like when things are over the counter and things are getting approved and whatnot. I just it's it blows it blows my mind. Right. Like, I'm just I, I don't know. So we'll we'll see how this all plays out. Obviously, we will keep you guys updated as to how. It goes here. Uh, Dustin, Illinois has been a one of the let's call it a cluster. I'll just leave it at that uh, with how things have gone on up there. So where do we sit here as of right now with what's going on in Illinois? Well, the interesting development today is DraftKings is live with both a retail sports book and an online sports book in Illinois. Uh, it is at the rebranded DraftKings at Casino Queen, which is an St. Louis, just across the river from uh, St. Louis, Missouri. 
Um, so you can go, you could go place a bet there as uh, I think right now, if you're listening, well, so you're certainly, if you're listening to this on tape, this is open by now, you can also play in, place an online bet, but you have to go to uh, the actual casino to sign up. As we've talked about uh, several of the past weeks in Illinois, you have to actually go to the casino to sign up for your sports betting account. You cannot uh, register remotely. So, you know, this is uh, obviously DraftKings had hoped to get open during this period when they had uh, the ability to have remote registrations. That didn't happen. There's only, the only other sports betting app that is live in the state right now is Bet Rivers, which has a casino uh, just outside of Chicago in the Chicago metro area. So, um, but still, DraftKings is live, has a potential large user base to 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 in St. Louis that it could say, "Hey, come across the river, sign up for an app, bet while you're over here." We have seen plenty of this in other markets, and you know, Chicago Chicago residents going to Indiana and betting, New York residents going to New Jersey and betting. So whether that's with the added Hurdle of remote registration, it's not clear how well DraftKings will do, but there is at least another app live in Illinois as we speak. Adam, I think we should refresh anyone's memory here just real quickly if they are joining us and maybe missed a week or two of the pod, why this is such a big deal because they're, you know, actually if they've joined us and they missed a couple of weeks, they might go, wait a minute, I thought you could, I thought you could register remotely there in Illinois. Uh, podcast listeners, if you know where that plus 30 seconds button is and you're someone who already <laughs> knows this story, you might want to get ready to hit it a couple of times. Um, so when the pandemic began and Chicago casinos and statewide in Illinois, casinos had to close. Governor J.B. Pritzker suspended the in-person registration requirement in the Illinois law. Now, why is that registration requirement there? Essentially, it was meant to fend off DraftKings and FanDuel coming in as online-only operators and being able to dominate the market. In large part, that is because Rush Street Interactive slash Rivers has huge political influence in Illinois, and there's some old fights that go back a number of years between those entities, and so that's how the law ultimately was written. Now, when the in-person registration requirement was suspended by the governor, Bet Rivers was the first one to get into that online market. But of course, DraftKings and FanDuel saw an opportunity to accelerate their timelines by partnering with an existing casino, which is allowed by the law to get themselves into the online market. DraftKings, as of just more than a week ago, had this deal with Casino Queen, July 24th. They were set to come into the market. On July 25th, Governor Pritzker ended his suspension of the in-person registration requirement. Now. What went into that? There are any number of questions as to why the decision was made when it was made. It just means that right now, you have to go to the casino in Illinois to register for your account. And I want to bring up one point along with that. Remember when Illinois retail opened last year, a lot of people were going to Indiana from the Chicago market. And of course, DraftKings Sportsbook is available in Indiana. So our man, Joe Ostrowski, who's been on top of all things Illinois uh, down in Chicago Radio makes a very good point to say if you are registered for DraftKings in Indiana and already cleared in Indiana, that does not get you on board in Illinois. You would still need to make the trip to East St. Louis. So you can see exactly why DraftKings is focusing more on the St. Louis, Missouri market than it is on Chicago right now. Yeah, it is uh, an interesting saga here. Never a dull moment here in this industry, either all kinds of weird politics going on and and things that I'm sure will come out down the line as I to mean, why just, things went. Just listen and, to and Adam describing that too. Like 
what in we're in the year 2020 and you have to like describing what he just said in order to start play, start placing bets online on a sports book is absolutely madness. You already yes, you already <laughs> got cleared in Indiana, but you have to go drive across the state to 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 the one in East St. Louis to say, oh yes, now I can bet in Illinois. Like that is just we're in like we 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 deal with it every day, so we're used to it, but. It's just crazy that this is like a, a, the real world where this is right. what you have to do to, to bet on Sportstown U.S. Yeah, for it's the consumer, he, he's sitting there going like, what are you talking about? I have to drive to ESA. Like, what do you mean? I already have an account. Like, no, there's like zero chance. Yeah, it's it's wild, wild, wild. And speaking of wild here, uh, Adam, we had a we had a glimmer of hope there in Massachusetts. We were feeling at least minimally confident that something could get done. Now something still very well might get done, but is at least going to be a little bit down the road. It definitely will be a bit in Massachusetts. Uh, that car is parked for the year, um, at least this part of the year. I want to jump back real quick, Matt. I don't want to leave Illinois without mentioning uh, William Hill launching its retail book, no app yet. PointsBet, uh, its retail partner has been approved. Remember, they have a great location right uh, about 10 miles from downtown Chicago. They are rumored to be next to getting into the market. I've heard anecdotally that FanDuel before the end of the month should be in as well. Of course, we talk about DraftKings. They are headquartered in Boston. That's why we thought there was a chance that maybe Massachusetts gets it done this year. Uh, it was attached to a jobs package in the state legislature, cleared the House easily, uh, died in the Senate as we had heard that it would. There is a chance it gets brought back in the fall. Uh, right now, Massachusetts was coming up to the end of its session. There were some concerns about the way the bill was written. It had gone back and forth a couple of times in terms of were they carving out in the opposite of Illinois some places for DraftKings and FanDuel to potentially get ahead of everyone as opposed to everyone to uh, have the jump on those two operators. So I wouldn't consider Massachusetts dead for 2020, but it certainly took a big hit in its prospects. Yeah, that is uh, incredibly, incredibly unfortunate. Uh, we know that 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 state pretty, pretty sports, uh, pretty, pretty big sports fans up there. Uh, you know, the worst sports fans in, in all the world, but still, <laughs> uh, but still massive sports fans nonetheless. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure that it is is something we'll be looking forward to whenever Massachusetts gets going there. Uh, Dustin, we did have an awesome Q&A with everything that's going on over at Flutter. And if you guys, uh, if you want to go ahead and give people kind of the the little story here of there's been some some mix up some guys that as part of the combination of the con the companies are now going to be exiting the company and all that so there's a big kind of shakedown going within that company as fox bet and FanDuel kind of form into this one massive unit yeah we have a q a with uh, from our, our brad allen at lsr talking to kip levin who's the FanDuel group president uh actually just took over as um temporary head of FoxBet as well. Obviously, these are both the brands that are underneath uh, um, in the Flutter, Flutter universe. They together, FanDuel and, and FoxBet really kind of dominate the market right now with DraftKings uh, considered second place in, in the U.S. outside of Nevada. So um, well, I won't uh, do point by point, but there's lots of interesting information. You know, the plan for now is for FanDuel and FoxBet to run a, continue to run as uh, separate and uh, separate brands in the U.S. market, and you know, see what see how that shakes out, and um, yeah, just lots of uh, great information. Uh, start we're wondering what betting looks like in the world with 
uh, with sports starting to return for the major team sports. And uh, like the, the opening of the MLB, Kip told us, was uh, almost as much as or was more than the Game 7 of last year's World Series. So that gives you a sense of like what, how, what kind of interest there is in these sports as bet as and betting on them as, as stuff returns. Um, really, I'm not going to sit here and, and read the story to you guys. It's, I suggest you go read it. And it's a really kind of interesting look into the major, biggest player in the United States in terms of sports betting and its plans moving forward as a, as a larger company with two different brands. Adam, I guess, uh, you know, a lot of people will probably be looking at this and say, well, if you're Flutter, and you already have FanDuel, which has proven to be, you know, a, such a massive brand, such a powerful brand coming into markets, becoming leader almost instantly. What is the real benefit in the dual brands here? Why would you not take that marketing arm and just, you know, run with what you've got going on here as opposed to trying to, you know, basically... I don't think anybody thinks Foxbet is going to leapfrog DraftKings or FanDuel anytime soon anyway. So essentially, you're just trying to latch on to that kind of third spot there as opposed to putting 100% of your resources behind FanDuel, which again is, has become kind of just this behemoth. People are probably wondering that out there, don't you think? Without question. And it was the biggest, uh, it was the biggest query that I wanted answered in Brad's Q&A. And the answer is in there. And I think it's very revealing more about FanDuel than it is about Foxbet. Uh, essentially, to summarize it for you, they believe that FanDuel will be sort of the higher-end brand of the two. They're going to operate Foxbet as more of a casual player, lower-stakes brand in the U.S. for now. And I think what that tells you is that they've got some bigger customers over at FanDuel, right? And that's part of what we speculated about in New Jersey as to how did this edge build for FanDuel over DraftKings in New Jersey when DraftKings had the early jump in the market. And there have been rumors out there about, yeah, they've got some pretty good whales uh, coming from New York. Well, this to me kind of tells me that that might be more accurate than anybody knows. Because if you're going to keep Foxbet as sort of the, I'll call it blue collar brand of the two and how you advertise that on NFL broadcasts and so on, that tells me more about FanDuel than it does about Foxbet. Dustin, so basically what they're saying here is you don't have to worry about it. You will be able to continue to tail Clay Travis's bets <laughs> as he posts them on the Twitter machine. You don't have to worry about that at all, about that going away. So I know I was, you're very was, happy that you will be able to continue to do that. I was barely angry until you mentioned Clay. So uh, <laughs> also worth noting that the Fox Sports Betting Show Lock It In was changed to Fox Bet Live along with that branding Fox Bet. So you're going to, they're obviously going to be pushing that. You have seen. I'm sure we've seen a decent amount of Foxbet commercials, but uh, I think we all know anecdotally FanDuel ads in particular have been all over the return of sports in addition to DraftKings and not certainly not as bad as the 2015 DFS onslaught uh, of ads, but it's, it, there's been a lot, I would say. Uh, no, definitely. I think, I think one of the interesting things that I saw too, Adam, was just that they are advertising FanDuel as just the brand FanDuel. Like there is no like specific DFS anything, but there's no sports betting thing either. So they're just kind of saying like, you kind of pick and choose, you know, I mean, if you want to, if you want to take this as a sports betting commercial, or if you want to take this as a DFS commercial, whatever, however your brand processes it. But like, we're not going to say sign up for this DFS contest or this sports book promotion. They're just saying, Hey, we're FanDuel and this is our commercial. That is a very astute observation, Matt, because we know 
that not everybody has legal sports betting. And so many more places have DFS available, right? And we know that DFS is uh, sort of the gateway uh, to bring in Mm -hmm. folks who either don't have sports betting in their state, or maybe in some cases, folks who are below the age for legal sports betting, but might be eligible for DFS. That's something that uh, could be done as well. And that's not even to mention the casino brand that they're launching. So yeah, they definitely have done it that way. And to Dustin's point about the advertising, I think we'll talk a little bit more about this uh, in the coming weeks as we see how it plays out with the restarts. But I was watching a baseball game the other night in which I saw a in a stadium, a banner ad for Bet365, um, as well as a DraftKings ad, as well as a FanDuel ad. And my favorite part about one of these ads was that it was a New York stadium that said New Jersey's hometown sports book. Nothing highlights what we've gone through with New Jersey and New York better than that. Hey, wait till we start seeing all the monkey knife fight promos that are going to be happening with all these, with all these team partnerships that they I have, just right? want to see actual monkey knife fights. <laughs> that's all. That's all we can hope for. That, before uh, that's going before on we move here. on, I want to make sure we timestamp <laughs> astute observation from Matt Brown that Adam said that I heard him say it. So it's true. Observation. I, I have to, First time it, ever. It's, it's not like it's Eric Ramsey. It's, it's Matt Brown. <laughs> guys, 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 I'm more than just a pretty face for this podcast. All right. Like I, I, I do bring a take every now and then when it comes to something. Uh, all right, Adam. We uh, this is we have gone <laughs> ad nauseum about how horrible the product has been in the some of these w- markets where they did not have any competition. We have watched some of these lottery corporations really kind of bastardize everything that we have tried to advocate for when it comes to legalized sports betting here in D.C. We were talking about the the Gambit D.C. company that was going on out there with some of these putrid things that we had seen before. Fortunately, at least for some there is competition that is coming into the market. I'm going to say something that I can't say that other people can say. That's, that's a good journalist trick, right? All right. Uh, our, our friend uh, Alfonso Strafon on Twitter, who's always very on top of the news, essentially summarized the headline on this story down to Intralot was so bad that people are excited about William Hill coming into the market. Um, and that is not me saying that. That is Alfonso right. saying that um, right. because there is a reputation among uh, some in the sports betting community of William Hill uh, limiting and banning. We're not here to get into that. Uh, Washington, D.C. now has a retail sports book at Capital One Arena. Even though there are no sports at Capital One Arena, they've turned the ticket office into a sports book. William Hill has opened a retail presence there. Of course, we knew that Capital One and William Hill had a big retail deal going. That was the idea um, when this deal was consummated last year, late last year. So now you don't necessarily have to take Intralot's horrendous lines or bet with its impossible app or website. You can go in person at Capital One Arena and place your bets with William Hill. No app, because of course that's not allowed uh, in Washington, D.C. It is a lottery-based monopoly with that Gambit app. All of this is a clarion call to Virginia and Maryland. Hey, Virginia, get it going quickly now that you've passed it. Hey, Maryland, when you get to go to the ballot and vote on sports betting, if you want a decent product, time to say it. Dustin, I think one of the things that I'm interested in, and it maybe with there not being an app and maybe with people having to do it in person, it won't really affect anything. But I now that there is competition, will it at least force their hand 
to not put up these absurd numbers that we have seen float around on Twitter time and time again, where even us sit there and we just, we face palm where we're just like, guys, what are you doing here? It'll be interesting at least to see how this plays out over, you know, probably more like when football season rolls around, when people are really going to be looking to, to head out and make a bet if their hand is actually forced to put up playable lines. I feel like not, but I won't, I won't <laughs> say say that for certain. But it, it, it's just like the in person registration problem. Like it's so much easier to just bet on an app from sitting on your butt at home, right, than to schlep down to uh, Capital One Arena and say I'm going to go bet there. Like it, it, certainly, people who are really care about it and care about prices and stuff, they may be motivated to do that. But I, I don't think the will is going to be there. I mean, maybe if we get in more of these sports books across the city at other places, there there are. You know, other taverns, uh, Nationals Park can have a sports book, stuff like that. Maybe we get there, but I just don't see it affecting them. And they, they've, they've basically gone on record saying our model is not the same as other other sports books. We're going to drive revenue by by basically without without saying the quiet part out loud. They're, they're like, by having bad prices. They're going to say we're this is how we're making revenue by <laughs> having the worst possible lines so that you can so we make more money from that. That is not going to be a, a thing that actually drives more revenue. If you had better lines and uh, you know, a better ecosystem in terms of betters and, and welcoming them and, and keeping them on engaged, that's going to be a better system. But so I, I, I think the, the only thing that's going to move the lines is economic results. If this continue, if this is a, an economic disaster for DC in terms of not generating the types of revenue it forecast, then we'll see lines change until then. I think it's probably going to stay the same. Yeah, that is, uh, I, I feel that way as well. I don't think that there's going to be a whole lot of motivation to put out playable things, but Adam, a boy can hope, right? I mean, we can hope that these people grow some sort of moral compass that maybe they want to come in and I don't know, give some of these new players that are giving sports betting a chance, an actual chance of winning. Matt, we also can hope that someday in Nevada, you don't have to drive down to a casino to sign up and you won't be using Atari technology in a PlayStation world. So I have hopes too. I, I, we do. And unfortunately my hopes are this big. They're just, they're that big. Yeah. They're that big. Uh, all right, Dustin, let's uh, close things out here. DraftKings, as they are making some transitions of their own have made a big hire over there. Yeah, this is uh, along with pricing that we've been talking about. New director of trading uh, comes from, uh, UK bookmaker Red Zone, which is which has been known for its focus on actual U.S. sports over in the U.K., uh, known for its its betting markets on the NFL in specific. So definitely an interesting move. Uh, Going to go away from using SB Tech as as its trading as how it how it uses trading and how it how it sets prices and things like that. Uh, you know, it raised some eyebrows. I know in the U.S. that this is a U.K. hire coming into the U.S. Although, although we shouldn't say anything. We've hired Brad Allen, who's in the U.K. to cover the U.S. sports betting industry because he knows it very well. But it's it was an interesting move, uh, and certainly you know we don't get down to this level of covering industry hires, but it does kind of talk a little bit about what DraftKings sees in the future. It's going to it's putting the, the keys to its trading. Uh, into the hands of of the, of, uh, the new hire, and we'll see how, how it goes and uh, what it means for, for DraftKings moving forward. Adam, before we uh, roll out of here, I mean, this has been a very interesting time, right? I mean, we now have multiple sports that are back going again. We are going to have the first major championship in golf in over a year that is going to be going down. I'm not incredibly optimistic for college sports, but I think the NFL does give it a go. So we're talking about a month away from the NFL being involved as well. So 
the industry that we've kind of had this giant lull that we have, you know, we've still found things to talk about over the last five months here. We're about to see, uh, you know, I, I personally, I, I talked to you the, about this offline. You know, I talked to a couple of different bookmakers that are based in Vegas who said, if things go off in September as it is, as it's planned anyway, as things are scheduled, they think that the numbers out of September of 2020 will be the biggest numbers they have ever seen ever in any month in the, in sports betting. And, um, you know, with all the major sports going with the thirst for the NFL coming back and all that, it's kind of hard for me to, to say otherwise. I understand exactly where they're coming from. Just simply looking at the calendar and seeing the number of available betting options combined with what you assume is a pent up demand um, from the, community. And yes, you can see where that would be the case. Now, I would say look at it in totality and then look back at the past four months and see the sort of hit that the books have taken and realize that if they have their best month ever, their second best month ever, even two, three months in a row, you're just starting to make up for what they lost uh, you know, during the worst of the pandemic and the shutdowns. You mentioned college sports. I would say have no confidence that college sports are going to go off. If you have not seen the article in the Fort Collins Coloradoan about the accusations uh, being leveled by some Colorado State players about being told to cover up symptoms and so on and so on, I think that sort of scandal in a college program just shows you how difficult it's going to be to pull off a college football season when you're trying to enforce the rules with 300 plus schools who are motivated to get out there and play. So I think you probably have to keep it uh, to the pros. I think the other thing about that is it's challenging for the common better to know how to deal with that, figure out how your bankroll splits up, how to deal with baseball. My goodness, who knows who's going to be in the lineup every day? Uh, Who knows who the starting pitcher is going to be? Who knows what game is going to go off in baseball? And I would also look at it from the bookmaker side and say, how exactly do we figure out how to price some of these games considering we don't know who's going to be playing either. So I think patience is sort of the word here for everyone as we feel this out. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, you look at baseball, it's 30 teams of 30 guys, and we couldn't get through a week without there being an outbreak. And now we're talking about over 100 college football teams with over 100 players each. So I don't know. I'm just trying to do the math here. I'm trying to figure this out. And it it does not lead to a full season getting played. I have fingers crossed, obviously a huge college football fan, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, everybody's safety, I think has to be first and foremost with all of this guys, as always, everything we talk about here on the podcast, you can find over at legal If you want to follow Dustin on the Twitter at Dustin Galker, Adam is at Adam candy. That is two E's. No, why I am at Matt Brown M two. And of course, We appreciate you subscribe, rating, reviewing, all the different things like that on your favorite podcasting platform. And if you're watching us on video, hit that subscribe button down below. We really do appreciate that as well. For Adam, for Dustin, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week. The go through some emails, check your calendar, see that you have a 45-minute break in the day between meetings, realize this is your moment, so you drive right to McDonald's to pick up something extra delicious ASAP. 
meal. Thank you. There's a meal for every moment at McDonald's. Buy one of your select faves and get another for just a dollar every morning, like a sausage McMuffin or hash browns. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Valid for product of equal or lesser value. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Combo meal, valid when product served. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 